0: that you know I I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, What ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. December 16th, 2020. Cycling Sports Group recalls Cannondale Canvas Neo Bicycles Due to Fall Hazard. The front fender can detach and cause the front wheel to abruptly stop, posing a fall hazard. December 23rd, 2020, King of Fans recalls Hampton Bay Mara ceiling fans due to injury hazard. The blades can detach from the fan while in use, posing an injury hazard to consumers. January 7, 2021, Noble House Home Furnishings recalls chests, cabinets, and dressers due to tip-over and entrapment. Hazards: The recalled chests, cabinets, and dressers are unstable and can tip over if not anchored to the wall, posing serious tip-over and entrapment hazards that can result in death or injuries to children. February 11, 2021. Rep Fitness recalls strap safety brackets due to injury hazard. If the brackets are improperly welded, a sudden drop of weight onto the strap safeties can cause the brackets to detach from the weightlifting device, posing an injury hazard. February 24th, 2021. Smart Pool recalls children's multi-purpose helmets due to risk of head injury. The recalled helmets were incorrectly advertised and marketed for children aged 2 years or older. However, the recalled helmets do not comply with minimum safety requirements for children younger than 5 and pose a risk of head injury to those children. March 10th. 10th, 2021. Lifetime Products recalls six foot seminar tables due to injury risk. The brace arms can fail to lock the table legs into place, and the table can collapse, posing an injury risk to consumers. April 1st, 2021. Infant bath seats recalled due to drowning hazard. The bath seats fail to meet the federal safety standard for infant bath seats, including requirements for stability, and can typically over while in use, posing a drowning hazard to babies. April 7th, 2021 One million Greenworks and Powerworks pressure washer spray guns Recalled due to impact injury hazard The spray gun connector can break Causing the hose and or parts of the connector to become dislodged during use Posing an impact injury hazard to the user April 28th, 2021 Solder Woodworking recalls counter-height bar stools due to fall hazard The legs on the stools can become unstable stable over time, posing a fall hazard. May 19th 2021. Ikea recalls bowls, plates, and mugs due to burn hazard. The bowls, plates, and mugs can become brittle and break, causing hot food or liquids to leak out, posing a burn hazard. These are just a few of the examples of product recalls which can be found on the United States Consumer Product Safety Commission's website. I scrolled through at least 14 pages of product recalls and a precursor count shows at least 105 individual products with safety recalls between December 2020 and May 2021. Now, you're probably wondering why I decided to focus on those months in particular. Well, it's because I find it really interesting that between December 14th, 2020 and May 21st, 2021, The United States Program for Vaccine Safety that is co-managed by the CDC and the FDA, known as the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, shows that there were 262,521 reports of adverse events following COVID vaccines, including 4,406 deaths and 21,537 serious injuries. Yet, strangely enough, on the Consumer Product Safety Commission's list of recalled products, not a single one of them were the COVID-19 vaccines. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio, I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. Howdy folks. Before we begin today, I need to give a huge shout out to Mark Anderson, aka The Truth Hound, for giving me the idea for today's topic. You see, on a recent episode of The Boiler Room, titled A New Normal of Our Making, Tyranny Resisters Gone Wild, Mark brought up an interesting... Point. He listed a few products that had recently been recalled due to safety concerns Yet, as we are all probably quite aware, there have been absolutely no recalls on these experimental jabs Now I must point out That although the vast majority Of the more than 105 product safety Recalls I found From December 20th to May 2021 involved No actual reports of deaths Or injuries that prompted The recalls there were A few exceptions and One of those Mark actually Brought up on the boiler room that Evening and that would be the following. May 5th, 2021, Business Insider reported Peloton is recalling all its treadmills after one child died in an accident and others reported injuries, the company said in a joint statement with the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission. Federal regulators pressured the company in April to recall its $4,295 Tread Plus treadmill after the product fatally injured a child in March. Some customers reported injuries and malfunctions with the treadmill as early as 2019. Quote, I want to be clear, Peloton made a mistake in our initial response to the Consumer Product Safety Commission's request that we recall the Tread Plus, CEO John Foley said in the statement. We should have engaged more productively with them from the outset. For that, I apologize. End quote shares of the fitness company known for its bike treadmill and standalone subscription models fell as much as 10 percent in trading following the announcement the company became a breakout star during the pandemic as americans sought out alternative ways to exercise at home the company instructed customers to immediately stop using the treadmill and contact the company for a full refund or quote other qualified remedy, end quote. Peloton has also stopped the sale and distribution of the Tread Plus. Robert S. Adler, acting chairman of the Consumer Product Safety Commission, said, quote, the agreement between CPSC and Peloton is the result of weeks of intense negotiation and effort culminating in a cooperative agreement that I believe serves the best interests of Peloton and of consumers. Today, we have taken steps to prevent further harm from these products. The recall comes on the heels of two recently filed class-action lawsuits against Peloton that alleged the fitness company violated consumer protection laws in its marketing and sale of the treadmills. According to the first suit, filed on behalf of Peloton consumers on April 20th, the company knowingly, quote, sold and marketed the device as safe and appropriate for use by families in the home, even though its design makes it inherently and uniquely dangerous to children, end quote. In the second suit, filed on April 29th, Investors said the company made claims regarding the tread Plus that were, quote, materially false and or misleading and failed to disclose, quote, adverse facts pertaining to the company's business which were known to defendants or recklessly disregarded by them. End quote. The treadmill incident marks the second major product recall for Peloton after it issued a voluntary recall on pedals for 27,000 bikes in October 2020 in response to reports from consumers that they were breaking off mid-ride. Businessinsider.com. Now folks, I technically only did some research into the amount of physical products that were pulled from the market for potential hazards and risks between December 2020 and May 2021, although the same thing happens Quite frequently, and alarmingly, even more so in regards to food items. And here is just one example for you. According to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, in an announcement published on their website May 29th, 2021, California Terra Garden Inc. of Commerce, California is recalling all cases of its 150 gram, 5.3 ounce packages of seafood mushroom because it has the potential to be contaminated with. Listeria monocytogenes, an organism which can cause serious and sometimes fatal infections in young children, frail or elderly people, and others with weakened immune systems. Although healthy individuals may suffer only short-term symptoms such as high fever, severe headache, stiffness, nausea, abdominal pain, and diarrhea. Listeria infection can cause miscarriages and stillbirths among pregnant women. The recalled products were distributed from California through produce distributors or wholesalers to retail stores nationwide. No illnesses have been reported to date in connection with this problem. The Potential for contamination was noted after routine testing by California Health Department revealed the presence of Listeria monocytogenus in one 150 gram package of seafood mushroom. The distribution of the product has been suspended. FDA.gov. And as if all of this wasn't interesting enough, quite often we see products that are pulled from market because of the ingredients contained therein that could possibly cause a health problem. Take, for instance, the following. Kansas City's Fox 4 reports, an independent testing lab is asking the Food and Drug Administration to recall more than 70 sunscreen products with a cancer-causing chemical. The lab, called Valisure, checks medications and other products for quality. The company tested 300 sunscreen products and found that 27% of them contain benzene, according to Valachure. 14 of the products contained benzene at levels higher than two parts per million. That's the FDA's recommended limit for benzene in medically valuable drugs that can't be made without it. High levels of benzene can cause cancer, particularly blood cancer, including leukemia. There are 78 sunscreens on the list, including some from Neutrogena, Banana Boat, CVS Health and more. The FDA said it's reviewing the information. Fox4KC.com And now that we've got all that under our belt Let us move on to the meat and potatoes, the part you've all been waiting for. And after hearing the following, I will let you decide as to whether or not any of these particular products should be recalled for safety concerns. VAERS data show COVID vaccine injury reports among 12 to 17 year olds more than triple in one week, as reported by Children's Health Defense's The Defender. The number of reported adverse events following COVID vaccines continues to climb according to data released by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The data comes directly from reports submitted to the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, the primary government-funded system for reporting adverse vaccine reactions in the US. Reports submitted to VAERS require further investigation before a causal relationship can be confirmed. Every Friday VAERS makes public all vaccine injury reports received as of a specified date, usually about a week prior to the release date. Today's data show that between December 14, 2020, and May 21st, a total of 262,521 total adverse events were reported to VAERS, including 4,406 deaths, an increase of 205 over the previous week, and 21,000. 3,537 serious injuries, up 3,009 since last week. This week's data showed 3,449 total adverse events, compared with 943 reports last week, among 12-17 to 17 year olds. This week's data included 58 reports of serious adverse events in the 12-17 to 17 year old age group. In the US, 281.6 million COVID vaccine doses had been administered as of May 21st. This includes 121 million doses of Moderna's vaccine, 152 million doses of Pfizer, and 10 million doses of the Johnson & Johnson COVID vaccine. This week's VAERS data show 20% of deaths were related to cardiac disorders, 54% of those who died were male, 44% were female, and the remaining death reports did not include gender of the deceased. The average age of death was 744 and the youngest deaths reported include two 15 year olds and a 16 year old. There were other reported deaths in children under 16 that could not be confirmed or contained obvious errors. As of May 21st, 1,641 pregnant women reported adverse events related to COVID vaccines, including 527 reports of miscarriage or premature birth. Of the 2,577 cases of Bell's palsy reported, 52% were reported after Pfizer-BioNTech Vaccinations: 41% following vaccination with the Moderna vaccine, and 192 cases, or 9% of Bell's palsy cases, were reported in conjunction with Johnson and Johnson. There were 238 reports of Guillain-Barré syndrome, with 43% of cases attributed to Pfizer, 38% to Moderna, and 23% to J&J. There were 74,781 reports of anaphylaxis, with 39% of cases attributed to Pfizer's vaccine, 50% to Moderna, and 10% to J&J. There were 4,433 reports of blood clotting disorders. Of those, 1,842 reports were attributed to Pfizer, 1,359 reports to Moderna, and 1,194 reports to J&J. On May 24th, the Defender reported, The CDC is investigating reports of teens and young adults vaccinated against COVID who experienced heart problems. The CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices released an advisory May 17th, alerting doctors to reports of myocarditis, which seemed to occur predominantly in adolescents and young adults, more often in males than females, more often following the second dose, and typically within 4 days after vaccination with Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. Most cases appear to be quote-unquote mild and follow-up is ongoing. The CDC said its monitoring systems had not found more cases of myocarditis than would be expected in the population, but members of the Committee on Vaccinations said healthcare providers should be made aware of the reports of the, quote, potential adverse event, quote. Myocarditis is inflammation of the heart muscle that can lead to cardiac arrhythmia and death. According to the National Organization for Rare Disorders, myocarditis can result from infection. But quote, more commonly, the myocarditis is a result of the body's immune reaction to the initial heart damage, end quote Pericarditis is inflammation of the tissue surrounding the heart that can cause sharp chest pain and other symptoms As the Defender reported May 26th One week after the CDC announced it was investigating heart inflammation in recently vaccinated young adults, Connecticut reported 18 new cases of heart problems among teens who had received a COVID vaccine. All 18 cases resulted in hospitalization, the vast majority for a couple of days, while one individual remained hospitalized as of May 26th. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said during a press briefing Monday, the Biden administration will continue to advise young people to get vaccinated despite reported cases of myocarditis. A search in VAERS revealed 419 cases of pericarditis and myocarditis among all age groups reported in the U.S. following COVID vaccination between December 14, 2020 and May 21st. On May 25th, Moderna announced its vaccine was found to be safe and 100% effective at protecting against COVID in a phase 3 trial of more than 3,000 1, participants between the ages of 12 and 17, according to Axios. No significant safety concerns were identified and side effects were generally consistent with those seen in an earlier trial of adults, the company said. Moderna plans to seek expanded emergency use authorization of its COVID vaccine for teens from the U.S. Food and Drug Administration next month. If approved, it would be the second vaccine available to young teens. On May 26th, the defense Fender reported that two papers published in the Journal of Hospital Pediatrics found pediatric hospitalizations for COVID were overcounted by at least 40%, carrying potential implications for nationwide figures used to justify vaccinating children. One study by researchers at the Stanford University School of Medicine found that counting SARS-CoV-2 infections in hospitalized children overestimated the impact of COVID in pediatric populations because the numbers in included many asymptomatic patients. Out of 117 hospital admissions, the authors concluded 53 patients were admitted for reasons unrelated to the virus. The study also found 39.3% or 46 patients coded as SARS-CoV-2 were actually asymptomatic. In the second study, out of 146 records listing patients as positive for SARS-CoV-2 from May 1, 2020 to September 30, 2020, the authors classified 58 patients, 40%, as having quote-unquote incidental diagnosis, meaning there was no documentation of COVID symptoms prior to hospitalization. The same study categorized 68 patients, or 47%, as quote-unquote potentially symptomatic, which was defined as when quote, COVID-19 was not the primary reason for admission for these patients, and COVID-19 alone did not directly require hospitalization without the concomitant condition, end quote. quote. our goal is to make sure we have accurate data on how sick children are getting, said Dr. Alan Schroeder, a clinical professor of pediatric critical care and of pediatric hospital medicine. If we rely on hospitals' positive SARS-CoV-2 test results, we are inflating by about twofold the actual risk of hospitalization from the disease in kids, end quote. The Federal Occupational Safety and Health Administration, Osha, quickly reversed its position on requiring companies that mandate COVID vaccines to treat adverse reactions as quote-unquote recordable injuries, announcing that it will no longer enforce its previous ruling. Osha said it made the change in order to avoid quote the appearance of discouraging workers and quote from getting the COVID vaccine and also because it did not wish to quote disincentivize employers vaccination efforts end quote. The defender reached out to Osha and asked why the agency abruptly changed its policy, who pressured OSHA to change its position, and why adverse reactions caused by COVID vaccines that an employee may be required to receive as a condition of employment and would fall under 29 CFR 1904.7 would not be recorded as a work-related injury. OSHA responded by referring us to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to read more about coronavirus, local and regional OSHA facilities, and the US Department of Labor's website. An OSHA spokesperson declined to provide any additional information. On May 27th, the defender reported that Belgium announced it was suspending vaccinations with Johnson and Johnson's vaccine for people under the age of 41 following the death of a woman from blood clots after she received the shot. The EMA is reviewing the woman's death along with other reports of blood clots with the Belgian and Slovenian medicines agencies and has Asked J&J to carry out A series of additional studies To help assess a possible link Between the shot and rare blood clots Also on May 27th The defender reported on the first cases Of large vessel arterial Occlusion strokes in young adults Linked to AstraZeneca's vaccine Which were described in detail For the first time in a letter published online In the Journal of Neurology Neurosurgery and Psychiatry The three cases, one of which was fatal Occurred in two women and one man in their 30s or 40s who developed characteristics of VITT, a reaction associated with the AstraZeneca vaccine. Senior author Dr. David Waring, professor of clinical neurology at the Stroke Research Center, University College London Queen's Square Institute of Neurology, told Medscape Medical News, quote, these are the first detailed reports of arterial stroke believed to be caused by VITT after the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine, although stroke has been mentioned previously in the VITT data, quote. Again on May 27th, the Defender reported that an Ontario man in his 40s died after receiving his first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Dr. Barbara Yaffe, Ontario's Associate Chief Medical Officer of Health, said his death is being investigated, but the man suffered from vaccine-induced immune thrombosis, thrombocytopenia. Chief Medical Officer Dr. David Williams restricted AstraZeneca vaccines for people who have not yet received the first dose as of May 11th due to a higher than expected rate of blood clots. In Greece, a 63-year-old woman died of blood clots after vaccination with AstraZeneca. The case was one of four being investigated by the National Organization for Medicines for a potential correlation between AstraZeneca's vaccine and rare blood clots. On May 27th, The Guardian reported that award-winning BBC radio presenter Lisa Shaw died after suffering blood clots following AstraZeneca vaccination, according to her family. The 44-year-old developed severe headaches week after having the jab and fell seriously ill a few days later, relatives said in a statement. Shaw died at the Royal Victoria Infirmary May 21st after being treated in intensive care for blood clots and bleeding. The UK Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency said the benefits of the vaccine continue to outweigh the risks for most people. It is not proved the vaccine causes the clots, but is said the link is getting firmer. As the defender reported May 25th, the European Medicines Agency is investigating the death of British fashion model Stephanie Dubois, who died from a blood clot days after receiving her first dose of AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine. Dubois, 39, had no underlying health conditions, according to health officials, at the hospital in Nicosia, where she was hospitalized May 14th after experiencing breathing issues. The fashion model suffered a brain hemorrhage and was in a coma before she passed away May 21st. Two time Olympic archer Hazik Kamarudin died at the age of 27 on May 14th, after collapsing at his home days after receiving Pfizer's COVID vaccine. Kamerudin died of a blocked coronary artery, the health ministry said Saturday, adding there was no evidence of a link to the vaccine. There are multiple reasons a coronary artery can become blocked, including by a blood clot, according to Yale Medicine. As the Defender reported last month, all three vaccines authorized in the U.S., including Pfizer, can potentially cause blood clots. According to the CDC website, quote, The CDC follows up on any report of death to request additional information and learn more about what occurred and to determine whether the death was a result of the vaccine or unrelated, end quote. On March 8th, the defender contacted the CDC with a written list of questions about reported deaths and injuries related to COVID vaccines. On May 19th, a CDC employee said our questions had been reviewed and our inquiry was pending in their system. But not provide us with a copy of the response. It has been 81 days since we sent our first email inquiring into VAERS data and reports. So, now that we heard all about that, I guess the big question is exactly why have none of these potentially hazardous products been pulled from the shelves? Well, when it comes to these vaccines, there is one thing that has been recalled. Natural News reports, last month, Great Game India published a report about a two-year-old child who died after receiving a COVID-19 quote-unquote vaccine from Pfizer. The case was reported in the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, only to later be removed by the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Since only children between the ages of 5 and 11 are quote unquote authorized to receive a virus injection from Pfizer, Great Game India wanted to know why a two year old baby received it, calling on the CDC to fully investigate the situation. Instead, the CDC ignored the request and proceeded to remove the VAERS entry without explanation. The two-year-old girl in question passed away almost immediately after receiving her second dose of Pfizer's experimental mRNA injection, instantly developing severe reactions. She ended up dead within just a few days. News started to spread, and many were calling on the CDC to take action, seeing as how it is supposed to act in the best interests of public health, since the CDC is actually a private corporation that works for Big Pharma, however, nothing was done and the girl's death was quickly scrubbed from the government database. The fake news media quickly swooped in to defend Big Pharma as well, falsely claiming that children under the age of 5 were not receiving COVID shots at the time. Three quote-unquote fact-checkers from Newsweek all made this patently false claim. Quote, vaccine trials for babies as young as 6 months are underway at least since March. End quote. Reported Great Game India about the facts. More than 10,000 babies as young as 6 months old, in fact, were receiving mRNA injections from Pfizer and Moderna as far back as mid-March, which is right around the time the two-year-old girl died from her injection. Pfizer itself admits this to be true, which makes the Newsweek quote-unquote fact check laughable. In what way and using what evidence did these quote-unquote fact checkers come to the conclusion that babies were not yet receiving Pfizer injections as of mid-March we would like to know. Right on their website, Pfizer and BioNTech admit that the first doses administered to children as young as 6 months old began in March 2021, constituting a three-phase continuous study to learn how the shots are tolerated by babies. Once the quote-unquote fact-checkers were challenged with the actual facts, they moved on to blaming VAERS for the quote-unquote error, as the entry showing that a baby had died was removed by the CDC. Newsweek actually reported on the entry's removal, claiming that the CDC took a quote unquote rare step In axing it from the VAERS system Hilariously, Newsweek's excuse for the CDC action Is that the entry must have been Since the CDC never lies, according to the fake news media Because it was, quote, completely made up, end quote No further details were provided by Newsweek About how it was determined that the entry was, quote unquote, made up Somehow we are all just supposed to believe Whatever the fake news and fake science says On any given day about a matter Even if it makes no sense and contradicts itself. The latest claim is that VAERS is quote unquote unreliable and quote unquote noisy, and is not to be trusted, even though it is supposed to be monitored by the federal government. These quote unquote errors are to be expected, the establishment claims, because technology is just too hard to get right. A former chief scientist at the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, Dr. Jesse Goodman, in an attempt to provide cover for the CDC, said, quote, The good news for a very rare event is it will pop up on VAERS, end quote. Naturalnews.com. Well, I think that's all I've got for you folks today. I will let your brains make all of the necessary connections concerning all of this. However, all that being said, here is my particular thought. It would appear that apparently the only products that get recalled due to safety concerns are ones that only pose the possibility of the risk of harm and not the ones that actually do cause harm. For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark and this has been the Daily Ruckus for Tuesday, June 1st, 2021. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.